Hey guys, welcome to Bang Broadcast, episode number 320. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out October 26, 2016. Wow. <laughs> John did a headbutt like every time he, on every, every start of every word. Oh, I was like, wow, are you impressed by the date? Or, <laughs> I don't know what you were saying, Walk through. Just, Just his delivery. Just I his thought delivery. it was going to be because of our weekly main topic, which this week it's actually a Paul baby. Yeah, uh, I'm always uh, impressed by the creativity and the craftsmanship uh, near you know uh, these big events like BlizzCon, especially at BlizzCon, and then also uh, New York City Comic Con, and, and uh, just cosplay in general. I think it's very impressive. And then when Halloween rolls around and it's this time of year, I'm like, I should do something as cool, you know, that cool. Like there's, there's so much stuff that, I, you know, I would like to do. And then I completely, as soon as I take out my X-Acto knife, my hot glue gun and a bunch of cardboard, I realize that I have no artistic value as a person, whatever, whatsoever. But, uh, if, if I did. I, I, I want to talk to you guys, and hopefully if you guys also feel the same way, about what costumes you would like to be able to pull off, uh, what characters are, are that you would like to uh, dress up as, maybe for Halloween, and what your ideas would be. And uh, if there's just a sense of style from characters that you, you're just impressed by, like mm-hmm. in, that you would want to dress as. Um, you know, maybe you love the gold-chained look of uh, Nightwing, Dick Grayson, and you just want to... Old school. <laughs> old school, old school, old school, gold chain Nightwing, and you just want to talk about him for a little while. I don't know. Halloween time to dress up, so let's play some dress up, guys. Let's. And uh, to play some dress up, sometimes we gotta find our our courage to do that uh, with some liquid courage. And Chris, what are you drinking today? Chris told um, us that he didn't have a beer. Oh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I um, I slept in really late today. I had a busy week with work. So I didn't get a chance to go to the beer store, but I did buy some stuff at the beginning of the week that I planned on sitting on to save for the show, but I actually wound up drinking all of it throughout the week. And this was Harpoon Brewery's Flannel Friday, and this is a new beer from them. It is their uh, hoppy, malted, crisp um, amber ale. And I have to say, I really enjoyed this. It's been a while since I had anything from Harpoon. Um, My... Gaze was driven towards this on the shelf because it was actually like a flannel uh, print six-pack. So I was like, oh, I like wearing flannel. Why not? Uh, I think this is the perfect fall beer if you live in Florida. It's got like a nice crisp hop to it. Um, You definitely need to chill it for everything to kind of pop out a little bit more. But then it gives way into a nice malt. Um, It's got a nice spice on the back, too. I I really enjoyed this beer. It's something that I will probably pick up again. I think it was like $10 for the six-pack. Uh, and I enjoyed it. It is a good beer. I liked it a lot. Um, I had it uh, kind of the tail end of summer it had begun coming out, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, I was I was just looking for something to have for some day drinking, and I was like, hey, why not? And was not, not let down. Uh, Harpoon's one of those breweries that I always look at, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't think they've ever really let me down. But it's not something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the store and buy some Harpoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, I honestly don't even remember what the last Harpoon beer I had was. I could probably look it up on Untapped, but... Uh, I always enjoyed the Raspberry UFO 
Mm-hmm. Uh, not even See, just during the summer, just like it's a nice, like kind of raspberry beer. It was always good. That's probably one of the last ones I had from them, but I don't even remember what that would have been. I know. I probably haven't even like it's been so long. I probably haven't even checked into it on Untapped. But what are you guys drinking today? While I we're drinking something that you can't get normally, can't find, and uh, when you do find it, buy as much as possible. <laughs> don't don't be a chump, and buy as little as possible. Uh, this is the brood, uh, Voodoo Brewery's Barrel Room Collection, and out of the collection we are drinking today, their Grand Met Aged in Apple Brandy Barrels. Their Grand Met is their triple? I believe so. It's their uh, Belgian triple, and then it's aged for 33 months in Apple Brandy Barrels, and uh, what you get is uh, just Apple Brandy, because that Grand Met kind of... Sneaks away into the background. Maybe you get a little bit of that banana aftertaste from the... Yeah, you definitely get some of the flavors. The it's yeast. very, very um, dissipated, though. Mm-hmm. This is apple brandy. And when they released this, we actually had this beer when it had been in there for about, I think, a year. It had been in the barrels, then they bottled it. And then they just kept it, an allotment, in the barrels. And it was kind of interesting that we mm-hmm. came back three years later to buy the bottle series again, and they give us the same beer. But this time, Paul does not despise this beer. Well, because last <laughs> time we had it, that apple taste was so mealy. It was like a mealy apple. This, that apple has kind of just balanced itself out with almost like some vanilla and that there's a little still a warm warming a lot of warming sensation mm-hmm. from only the 9.5% alcohol by volume. I'm you know, I'm taking this as a very slow sipper even though we've had bigger boys before that've gone down smoother. Like uh but and I get a nice really almost caramely vanilla flavor on it too that I'm really yeah. enjoying. It's like a caramel apple. It's it's really good. The one thing is is it's a little flat. And again, that's mm-hmm. three years in a barrel and then eight months in a bottle. Well, also, you know, it's a Belgian-style bubble, so you're not going to... So I still get a little tang, a little um, there's low a, feel. There's a little bit there, but it is very, mm-hmm. almost completely gone. Uh, okay. It's incredibly interesting and complex, and there's so many different flavors to go through. But again, and it, I mean, it looks like yeah. cider, like I mean, and it's got the apple-y, mealy kind of nose, but man, it is apple brandy all around. Uh, really fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's Bravo mm-hmm. kind of a beer. Uh, the last time I had a Harpoon beer, because I'm pretty good about checking into beers, even if I've had it before, just because I want to keep track of how much I drink other beers. Um, we kind of talked about this off-show last week where maybe my favorite beer is not my favorite beer because I might have rated one middle of the road, but I drink it a lot more than the one that I say is my favorite. Um, but Maple Tap Imperial Porter I had on June 1st, 2014. Oh, that sounds so really good, too. <laughs> uh, I gave it three out of five. Oh. So, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, that's one of my... Like kind of go to like oh you know it's not bad I would I would drink this again ratings mm-hmm. um yeah the uh, maple tap imperial porter 
Is yep. that what you said, Chris? Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had that six ten two thousand fourteen. Seems like the wrong and then, season. Uh, yeah. Six ten. Yeah, it seems that's, like it's, that's something sounds more like a fall beer. It sounds like we bought it and we held on to it too long. And then uh, <laughs> probably you. Well, who knows? Maybe it just came out really early. UFO uh, Gingerland. It was a white ale uh, gingerbread. That sounds good too. Mm. Or maybe gingerbread just sounds good. Gingerbread is good. Mm-hmm. Last time I had gingerbread was at that Starbucks uh, on Main Street in Disneyland. <laughs> really? Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Because it came out while we were down there. Like they were switching over to their. Like holiday seasonal, it was kind of weird. It was when 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 were early October? No, we were oh, there for a, Halloween. End of, oh, end of October. You're right. Right. Yeah, remember who we were there? Yeah, Christmas lights. Yeah, we went out on Halloween. Yeah, you're right. And the Christmas light, yeah, got lit. So, Paul, you and I were there like four years ago at the beginning of October. So that might be the confusion. Yeah. I'm very confused. Time time machines and timelines. You know, it's okay. just so much news. I guys, I just got another news alert. Oh, there's so much breaking news right now. We better just get right to it. Hey, Paul, let's, tell me let's... some shit about computers. Well, it's not quite a computer, but it kind of is a it's computer. It's a family computer. It is a Famicom. You're right. <laughs> From the makers of Famicom, a family computer. Uh, Nintendo's newly redubbed NX system is now being called the Nintendo Switch. And it is a tablet that is also a that can be hooked up to your television and you can play video games on that or you can you can switch up see what they did there your uh, controller and put it to the sides of the tablet and just play off of the tablet a la Nintendo Wii U uh, Wii U controller but uh, that whole tablet is it's is the system all the computing is done there the docking station has no computer no computer processing whatsoever it's just a way to hook up the tablet to the to whatever monitor you're using and to charge the tablet itself. They're saying that you only get about three hours of battery life, which is a little low if you want to be playing just on that, and there's, it doesn't look like there's any real way once you slide the controllers on to actually have it plugged in anywhere. I imagine yeah. on the sides you'd probably have something that you could charge while you play, because you'd hope so. <laughs> you'd hope so. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it's a cool idea, and I see that being Nintendo's gimmick for this one. I feel like everything they do now has to have some sort of like gimmick controller. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it does still work as like just the regular, almost like nunchuck controllers. But what kind of I thought was pretty neat is how you can use them as uh, controllers for multiplayer games too by turning it sideways. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it's cool. It looks like they are finally starting to court that hardcore gamer now. Um, yeah, they did Some of the say... games that they showed on there, I mean, of course they have the Zelda game and a Mario game, but also, hey, guess what, Nintendo, you're finally getting Skyrim. Uh, not confirmed. Um, it's, it's pretty much confirmed, though, because they were playing Skyrim. But they... <laughs> Nintendo's keeping everything really hush-hush right. about the partners that they're working with, but that was Skyrim that they were showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they might. It might not be Skyrim itself. It might be like a Skyrim light game made just specifically for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like you know, where it's like Skyrim Adventures. Like they uh, Ubisoft 
who not Ubisoft, um, Bethesda has not actually confirmed that that, uh, that Skyrim is coming out for it or NBA 2K. But they um, Bethesda has confirmed they are putting out a new version of Skyrim uh, in November. Right. The like uh, it's like something upres. edition of it. Mm-hmm. That so, if you bought it on Steam, I believe you actually can then re-download. If you bought the Game of Year edition from of Skyrim before, I believe you get download this it as a patch for that. I think the thing that we've said over the years the most is, "Hey Nintendo, you do handhelds the best. Just stick with that." And in a way, I feel like they've <laughs> listened to be like, "All right, this is what everybody wants. This is what everyone's doing. Let's make a." system, quote-unquote, that is just a handheld that you can play in your home, that you can play on the train, that you can play with your friends wherever. And I think that is probably the smartest thing they've done with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think after reviews and see how things go, and I think it would be really actually pretty successful for them. Right. I, it's, uh, but the thing is, now they're competing with. Ju- they are straight up competing with an iPad. Yeah, they're, they're competing more with mobile because, mm-hmm. as long as you have that Wi-Fi connection, like yeah, you know you'll be able to use it. I mean, it almost seems like it's kind of cloud-based, where it's going to be running off of your home like NX system, and you'll be able to play it wherever you are. But then you have to worry just about your internet's upload speed, and then the speed of wherever you're trying to play. As, I mean, it's cool, you know. As but, someone who just traveled like Europe, mm-hmm. uh, every train has Wi-Fi. They also have plugs for you to plug your anything in to charge your stuff. Like that is the way of life. Traveling anywhere, even on some of the buses we took, you had plugs. You as had long as you have Wi-Fi. the right adapter. Yes. <laughs> If you have I, a European adapter, which they also sell everywhere, oh, uh, you can do that. Um, but yeah, it was something that I spent a lot of my time in traveling with my phone plugged in, playing stupid cheap games on my phone, mm-hmm. listening to a podcast or listening to a book on tape. If I had had that system like i would have like i would have loved to have been playing that uh, skyrim or skyrim or mario brothers or mm-hmm. zelda yeah because they did say that switch will support unreal engine 4 which is basically what the architecture for all these big games are built on off of because that was one of the issues with the wii u that you know it wasn't really couldn't support yeah unreal yeah. 4 but but yeah my i mean my wife and i we would play Ticket to Ride on our phone or when she had like her tablet out like we would play a game together on that so yeah if you're someone who's traveling or taking the train or doing this or that and you like the game it makes sense I think if I lived like in New York City and had to take the train I would I would sit on the train and play this like I would buy it just for that alone I, I, th- I think New York City trains are different from UK trains though no but I'm just saying like you can ha- you can turn your phone into a mobile hotspot to run Wi-Fi so you could play your game mm-hmm. if you wanted to do that. You know, you could it could work for you in that way. You know, we don't know exactly all the ins and outs of how it's going to work, but I could see it being something that for people who 
our commuters like that, it would be something, hey, I like the game. A game on the train, a game on this, a game on that. Yeah. Uh, talking about how you need to have Wi-Fi connection in that is because there is no way to load physical media on there. So your Wii U this and your 3DS cartridges will not work. There's no way to put them in here. So it will not be backwards compatible, which is not now, un- question, new. If you've downloaded anything off the uh, Nintendo store, like the there, NES games or Super Nintendo games, will those be uh, like playable at least? They haven't come out and said there it would or wouldn't be, but they're saying that the, the inter- uh, Ars Technica has an article about it, and they're saying that due to the internal architecture changes of the system processor to be able to support Unreal Engine 4, being able to then backload those downloadable uh, things might not, probably won't work. Um, oh, maybe some of the older, older virtual console titles might work, but since the architecture is so different between these, between the Wii U and uh, the 3DS and the now Switch, it's probably not going to happen. Which is sad, but not on Nintendo-like. Because Nintendo likes making you buy their game four different times. Five different yeah, they times. Do. Now, six different times. But I think it looks neat. Um, it's just, I just don't care. Like, it's, if I want to play, I can buy, uh, and I have bought the, uh, the Steam, like, puck, I forget what it's called, the Steam Play thing, so I can hook up my, uh, put play all my Steam games off of my computer in the, or off my TV in the living room. Like hmm. I can just stream it that to my living room television without any problems. Like and have my com- home computer on. Like I can already do this for sixty dollars, fifty dollars. Arguably, play more games. Yeah. you have the full Steam library there. Exactly, and I don't need to worry about things working or not because I trust Steam to make it work versus man, Nintendo the friend codes and all their internet stuff, it just it's such a walled garden and it just sometimes it's just so frustrating to use. It's not user friendly at all to set these devices up that on the internet I I just I just don't want to do it. I just, I, I don't know the pricing on it yet did did you guys see the pricing? I, I haven't seen anything about pricing. I just saw like pretty much the announcement stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, it would have to be really cheap for me to be even like, well, I can then play Mario. But I mean, since how much was the Wii U when that came out? Do you remember? Was that like three ninety? No, it was. Uh, I believe it, that was priced. It was priced a hundred dollars lower, or two hundred dollars lower than the PlayStation Three and the Nintendo or the okay. uh, Microsoft Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I think that was one ninety nine when it first released. Okay, so I, I think maybe like a two ninety nine or like a three forty nine max price then. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be probably bundles with because there's always going to be bundles from Nintendo. With yeah. either a game packed in or accessories packed in, so we'll see how that works. Yeah. All right. I talked a lot of. That was, stuff that was a about lot. Computers. That was a lot about computers. Two forty nine. As soon as I saw this, original price. Price. Two forty nine. That's that seems, but that's still don't. I don't want to do it. I just. I got a Wii U. I got a Wii. I don't have the Wii U. 
there's nothing about another Zelda game, nothing about another Mario game, nothing about another Metroid that makes me want that system. No. I mean, I no. If I lived in a different area and could use it, like I said, like on the train traveling and stuff, I would probably, but no, it wouldn't be that big of a impact for me. I have a PlayStation 4, you know? Yeah, I, I would most likely get the current gen system, like, the Xbox One or the PS4 before I would even consider getting this because I'm waiting for the next gen- console generation. I just I haven't been impressed by Xbox One or PlayStation Four. Like I'm still waiting for like that moment. But we're all different now. Yeah. Like before, I got the Xbox 360 because we were all playing Xbox 360 games. Like Left 4 Dead came out, and it was like no, you need to be online with an Xbox to play this game. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I went out and bought it. Like, Close it up, close it up. <laughs> it was a lot of fun because we all we all had that amount of time where we didn't need to schedule everything. Like, it could yeah. just be like, oh, you're hey, just playing it's at o'clock. night. It's 9 o'clock at night. We're all going to jump on the thing. We're all on Xbox hour. anyways, and we see each other all pop up, and you're like, you just get the headset on. Hey, Love for Dead? Well, yeah. So that... That was the only game that we all really got into together. I mean, yeah, that's. Oh, well, I think we all consider ourselves something of like you know gamers, or even at that time, like maybe we were a little bit more hardcore about it. But it's not like we would pick up Madden and play together, or Call of Duty. I did. You, well, you, well, me you did, but you, Scott and was, I did. That was you think. You know? Scott and I did. You know, producer Scott, friend of the show, we played uh, Madden together, and then there were work friends that I ha- that I started. Uh, that uh, NHL league with where mm-hmm. I was the sniper and uh, one of my friends played as a defenseman and the other person was a center and we played like uh, during Sabres games like anytime there was a commercial you know the intermission we would jump on and you know we would talk about the game over our headsets and basically play a game of NHL what was it 08 or 11 NHL 11 maybe yeah, but, but between all of the friends so mm-hmm. the three of us producer Scott Super friend of the show, Ed. Yeah. Um, like, Left 4 Dead was the only game that we were all basically on board for. Right, right. But yeah. there were, but even, I'm just saying, even with my, my microcosm, uh, beyond that, there were still people that I was playing online with that I yeah. knew outside of the digital world. And that hooked me, you know, because that, like we've talked about it before, Chris, that tipping point, like how many yeah. games are coming out. And for whatever reason, it didn't really matter about the games. It was how many people were playing online. Even stupid stuff like leaderboards. Like with uh, producer Scott on Batman. Like trying yeah. to beat his leaderboard. And uh, Matt, your friend of the show, Matt B., uh, Ed's brother. Him and Scott would go back and forth on that Batman leaderboard for a while. And I couldn't keep up. There was a time where Matt was just so pissed that I had more uh, achievement points than he did. <laughs> it <was> a- <laughs> Yeah, and what is that metagame, that uh, outside of the game, that whole infrastructure, it really, for whatever reason, during that time in my life, where I didn't have... Your mid-twenties. Yeah, where I just had that disposable time. Yeah. Where I wasn't, like, now to do play games, I have to schedule it, like, two weeks in advance. And then, you know, things happen, like, I get stuck at work. Yeah. Because HR is being stupid. And I well, you shouldn't eat all those people's lunches. <laughs> I shouldn't. Hey, let's, let's move on. Okay, because we're, we're in a 
and the conversation circle now. We still got a lot of news to talk about. Yeah. And why don't we talk about some of those new trailers that came out? Ooh. Makes me feel like I'm in my early 20s again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got the trailer for Logan and for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay. Uh, talking about these two trailers, which one had the better song? Um, because they both played hugely in the trailers. I will say this, that I played the Logan trailer last night for my wife, uh-huh. uh, right before like we finished up in the living room and went to bed. And as we were getting into bed, I was singing the song from that. And she looked at me and she's like, that was in the Logan, right? I said, yeah. And she goes, all right, good, because I was wondering why you were singing the same <laughs> song that I had going in my head. <laughs> Uh, so I think it's the uh, Logan one for me. Uh, it's Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt from uh, Nine, Nine Inch Nails. I'm sorry. Go so ahead, Chris. I, I think that's a, a great song. I want to say Guardians of the Galaxy, though, because that was such a landmark song for not just the marketing of that movie, but in the movie, too. Yeah, you uh, had uh, just this one guy on the podcast just constantly talking about how... Uh, <laughs> How it sold so well on iTunes after the trailer it hit. It did. <laughs> you it came in like, the money it made! It was that juxtaposition of just that, you know, quote-unquote old song with this new crazy idea for Marvel that it worked. And then, actually, I was thinking about this yesterday at work because the song was stuck in my head, and I was just thinking how that was a great scene in Guardians of the, Mo- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because... When you actually have that song playing, it's Peter Quill's been like arrested, and the one guard is going through his personal belongings, and that song is part of Earth for Quill. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that someone else is listening to that, he takes that as a personal affront. Like, that's his song. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to just say Guardians of the Galaxy better song because nothing against uh, that cover of Hurt because it's a fantastic song and I think it fits the trailer well, but. Guardians, it just brought back so much more. But it like, also it got me hyped up for like the next movie. It also was kind of remixed, and it felt like it was more in the background. Yeah, of yeah. The trailer. Yeah, I was afraid of the one thing I before I hit play on the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two uh, trailer is I'm like, what song are they gonna you know like showcase here? Because Guardians is that mixtape, like they called this Volume Two. It's playing such a big. The music plays such a big role in that movie. You know, with how Peter Quill, like, remembers Earth, like you were saying, Chris, I think it's a really good point, like, how he feels so protective, that I was, like, really expecting something new. So when it was Uga Chaka again, or whatever the song's called, because I don't know music, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling? Um, That I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then I kind of, like... Well, you couldn't recapture... That's lightning in a bottle. Like, you can't recapture that again. Like, what else... I felt like they kind of played it safe there with that pick. Yeah, but you get to see Yandu with his mohawk. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Nebula. You get to back. see Baby Groot again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, Johnny Cash hurt. Just so good, <laughs> so good, and it's just it's, it's, it's invocative. You, you know that song just puts you in the sense of place, the sense of dread, the sense of like the whole world is bearing down. And you've earned nothing except for an empire of dirt. Like, it's just like, man, I'm, it just, it made me feel, I felt more with that song, like, as a sense of place for that trailer than I did with Unga Chaka, or More Than a Feeling. 
hooked on a feeling, hooked on hooked a feeling, feeling. than uh, than I do with volume two. I'm sorry, I derailed. <laughs> no, that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. Logan is the first time, I think, since X3 that I've looked forward and was anticipating the release of an X-Men movie. Because X3, you're coming off of how great X2 was, uh, and then I was just let down because it was awful, but I've not felt, oh, hey, X-Men, I'm like chomping at the bit for this movie... Until now. It seems like with Logan, it's like, hey, remember Deadpool? How fun and like kind of like just over the top we were? And how much everybody just kind of enjoyed the raucous humor? Now we're going to give you just a punch in the face. Just constantly <laughs> yeah. over and over. And we're, and when you fall down, you're crying, weeping because, you know, poor Professor X is being carried around driving Miss Daisy style, we're going to kick you again. In the gut. Make you cry. This I, is Logan. I don't have the desire to see this movie. Um, I don't think it looks bad. It looks it looks like it's going to be well done, but there's just nothing in it that really hooks me. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back in time to okay. when I lived in Grand Rapids. One of my friends, he he knew about comic books. Like, he didn't read them, but he had just like the knowledge of stuff that he was interested in. Um, and we were talking about Civil War and how he was like, oh, they can't do it because, you know, Spider-Man's not in the Marvel Universe. And he's like uh, unveiling his personality or his identity mm-hmm. is such a huge part of that. Like, they're not going to be able to pull this off. And I circle around me like, no, I mean, that's an important part in the book, but you can still do Civil War with everything else that happened without having it hinge on, you know, that mistake that Spider-Man makes. And then, like, the rest of the series being him being like, oh, crap, now I've undone all the good I've tried to do by putting my family in danger. Seeing the Logan trailer made me just remember how much I liked seeing that far future of the Marvel Universe, where it was, you know, the Hulk gang running around in the wilds. Okay. Um, I I don't think this is going to have the same gravity as the series, because they can't play with, hey, here's where the Marvel Universe is now. They can play with, hey... Here's where mutants are. Oh wait, there are no more mutants. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I don't think they're trying to hit the old man Logan as a whole. I think it's they're taking some of those great storylines. This is the greatest hits, mm-hmm. like the death of Wolverine. Like it's kind of that greatest hits. When I think Wolverine, I think back to the late '80s, early '90s, when I would get an X Men or a Wolverine comic, mm-hmm. and I had the ones where the Reavers crucified Logan on an X and he was trying to protect Jubilee and that takes the trailer took me right to that because the Reavers but also we, we felt the same way about going into Wolverine you know hmm. uh, X-Men like, Origins X-Men Wolverine Origins? yeah X-Men Origins Wolverine yeah. and then but Wolverine to even Logan or I don't remember what that one was even called because I didn't even see it I think the point that you just said about your friend saying they can't do Civil War is now your thing of they can't do Old Man Logan. Am I? Am well, I? That's that's why I brought it up because mm-hmm. now I see where he was coming from because right. the the Wolverine story on its own in that one it it wasn't 
much. Yeah, but Civil War wasn't actually the comic book Civil War either. Yeah. You know, it, it was the movie Civil War. Like, they did something completely different with it. Like, it was, yeah, two superhero groups fighting. But it wasn't that overarching, you know, whole world kind of thing. It was very sm- It was a small... This is a schism of two groups. This is a schism of one team, not the schism of an entire world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking... I haven't seen Deadpool yet, but everybody says it's great. Like, that it's a lot of fun. And I think they're going to just do that opposite, where Deadpool's the light side. This is going to be the dark, dark, dark. Because that international trailer, too. We'll we'll see what happens with Deadpool, because even though he wasn't really signed on yet, uh, Deadpool director uh, Tim Miller has walked away from the project due to creative differences with Ryan Reynolds. I'm just doing a little dance because I love it when a segue comes together. <laughs> there you go. I, I figured I'd, you need I to hope that's what you're setting up, but... You need to A-team it with a cigar and just be like, I love <laughs> when a plan comes together. Set that up, and he spiked it down, Chris. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I, I, go ahead, Chris. I appreciate that. No, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the first Deadpool movie. I actually saw it with my mom, and she really dug it, too. Uh, I'm not a Deadpool fan. I... Don't read the Deadpool comics. It's just he's never really done anything for me as a character. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before on the show where I just don't get the brand new like oh Deadpool's the greatest thing like era that we live in. Uh, I agree. Deadpool I think is a fun character that I always try to get into, but I can never get past the camp of him. Like no, like I don't mind the camp or anything like that. I just can't, I guess, yeah, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get the love. I understand his likability, but I don't understand, like, yeah. You kind of have to feel like you're above, every once in a while, I feel the people that really like Deadpool, I feel are the people that are like, well, I'm even above comics. You know, know, I want to make fun of what I love a little bit too much. I want to, you know, what's the thing? Kill my baby, kill the babies, kill your babies. You know, when you love something, you, when you love a project, but you gotta... What's, what's that phrase, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. Paul baby? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paul baby. That's, throw the baby out with if the bathwater. If you love water. something, set it free. You know, thir- throw everything out the window on... E pluribus unum? Yes, that's the one. Uh, out of many, there is one. So out of many of the comic books, there is one way to out of just many, make... There are several dead babies <laughs> in Paul's world. Anyways, it's going to be the episode title. That's <laughs> how it is. I know it now. We'll live it down. Three episodes from now, we'll come still up. be talking about it. You gotta come up with something new, buddy. Yeah. We'll be talking about fairy winks and how many dead babies he gets. Uh, and now I lost so, my well, it, thought. Now the, the question is, how big of a role was Tim Miller in the first Deadpool versus how much of a role in it was Ryan Reynolds? Thank like, you, What made that movie work? Was it both of them, or was it the fact that Fox just really didn't care and they were kind of just allowed to do whatever they wanted? I think it is the, at the end of the day, it is the vision of the director who puts everything together. Uh, and I think I'm more worried without Tim Miller part of this project than I was with the first announcement of this movie. At that point, you had people who had been working years to get this off the ground, and now you've lost half of that. 
yes, it still can be great. I mean, look at like Ant Man. Ant Man mm-hmm. lost Edgar Wright. New director stepped in. They still delivered a great movie. Uh, but yeah, it makes me worried. And I guess it was over casting or how to use cable in the movie is some of the rumors that Wait, I heard. Cables in this movie? Yeah. Supposedly, oh. Cable is going to be in the movie. Cable and Deadpool. That does make sense. Uh, so that was some of the rumor hubbub of why they laughed as they couldn't agree on how that works. Um, Cable's a straight man. Deadpool's yeah, exactly. a funny one. <laughs> That's what? But, but also, how big of a role do you put Cable into this? Are you introducing him to do it into another movie? It, if You introduce him as much as Abbott versus Costello. What, I was going to say, armchair director, you have it lethal weapon like mm-hmm. it's it's the buddy cop movie and but, cable's got the gray hair he's already too old for this shit oh really nobody liked that one i liked it okay. i'm sorry i, I thought john you... was i thought john was gonna say something uh no i was taking a sip of this new beer okay i can't um, get to it yet because i got so don't chug beer. it we have plenty of time paul yeah take time. your time you only got the two beers we're, we're still in the news it's a, it's a half marathon <laughs> not a sprint um yeah i yeah, i Oh, no, I'm I'm looking forward to Deadpool two regardless. Um, I think losing a director won't sideline a project as much as lo- like losing the star who's basically been championing it for years. Like if Ryan Reynolds walked away from this movie due to the differences, I I think we wouldn't have a Deadpool two. All right, I'm going to ask this question because I haven't seen Deadpool and both of you have. Uh, I enjoyed t- Hot Tub Time Machine as much as I did because I was a little drunk watching it. Is Deadpool the same kind of thing where I want to have a shot or two going in before I hit play? Or is it something that I can straight up enjoy? Or should I be completely sober to watch it? When do you think you enjoy the most fun? I think I enjoy the most fun. Uh, humor. I think I'm allowed to, like... Because you know how nitpicky I get? <laughs> you need you need, you need need a couple shots yeah. to turn <laughs> you need off. A yeah. to not be so nitpicky. Like Hot Tub Time Machine, looking back, like thinking back at it, I'm like, that's not a good movie. But man, did I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a fun, it's a fun, if you, yeah. yeah if you but can turn there's off, so much stuff that's just wrong. If you can turn off your dildo about. brain, Paul, yeah, you'd enjoy a lot more things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Deadpool, should I turn off my, what do you call it? I call it a dildo brain. <laughs> episode title uh so yeah, I, I think i think you need to go in just expecting it to be just a fun shoot 'em up yeah i needed to be a little drunk for shooting them up too that was a bad shoot 'em up's fun shoot 'em up's fun i needed i needed a shot or two before shoot 'em up so knowing that a shot or two before deadpool yeah okay just saying i can enjoy these movies i just can't be paul about them <laughs> I need to turn off the ball. The only way to do that is to drink. Oh, so much good beer. Uh, maybe you should sit down with a nice Colt 45 if you're having a drink. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm, set, I'm setting that one up because... I got, I got nothing. Billy, Billy D. Williams. Oh! Colt 45. Hey, Lando Calrissian's going to be in the upcoming still-untitled uh, Star Wars Han Solo movie, and he's going to be being uh, portrayed by Donald Glover, who you may know as Troy from Community or the rapper Childish Gambino. I'm excited for this. Uh, I really like Donald Glover a lot. Um, I really like to stand up because I never yeah, like, watched um, what Weirdo. Did he, yeah, Weirdo was yeah, yeah, Weirdo was his stand up. 
special that was on Netflix. I never watched Community. I don't know Childish Gambino. I know he doesn't tour that at all at all anymore under that thing. He said he's done. Um, he's got that new series called uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I which I want to watch. And uh, but man, I like to stand up, and I'm like, and from what I know, he's super nerdy just from Weirdo. So I'm yeah. excited to see him as Lando. Uh, um, Troy was probably my favorite part of Community, even though that show had a lot going for it. Um, I think once he left, I was kind of just over watching that final season. Um, I've watched maybe like two episodes of the. Who picked it up? Was it Yahoo? Uh, it was Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like Hulu like or anything else. It. It was and it was one of those things where I watched them late night because I was like, oh, I tired, but I'm still awake. Like, there's got to be something I can watch. And I was like, oh, wait, didn't Yahoo, like, finish Community? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, so, when I saw the, this this casting, and, um, I think, Chris, you, like, you kind of, like, just... Was it that? You sent me, like, just a clip of, like, hey, this is happening? Like, I feel like you posted something or sent me something to tell me that he'd gotten cast. Uh, it was on yeah, Star I Wars shared, Facebook. I shared it on my Facebook. Okay, that's, yeah. Uh, when I saw this, I said, I don't want a young Han Solo movie. I want a young Lando movie. Because oh. <laughs> I don't want him to be a bit part. Like, I want him to be the star. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you think back to that first issue of Lando. Like, no, we we all really enjoyed that book. We all wanted to read more, but we never got around to buying issue two. So it becomes a trade-in policy for one of us one of these days. But... That's how that works. I enjoyed I'm still waiting I, on all those books to go on sale on Comixology so I can just mass buy everything and then just have a library of Star Wars books that I know I will like. I'm thinking near Rogue One, maybe they'll have a sale. But I honestly thought they were gonna go on sale when um, Force Awakens came out on DVD. Like I thought they yeah. were gonna have a huge They keep doing like, the um, Dark Horse books. They keep mm-hmm. releasing those on like a sale. Which is like they don't matter, so why do I buy them? Mm-hmm. But it was this that I was like, oh man. I don't care about young Han Solo. This is a guy who has charisma, who has this flair, and that's what that character needs. But also, he has such a great likability. Yeah. I think in any character, even in the Troy character, he shouldn't be as likable as he is. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of those great things with with Donald Glover is you like him. I mean, even when he was in... Um, uh, he's in... Um, the alien with uh when um what's his name gets stranded on mars you have the book paul the martian i'm sorry oh the martian the martian uh like he has a a bit part in that and as soon as i saw him on screen like in this heavy mood like it's not heavy it's kind of fun but it is heavy like i lit up i was like oh donna glover's on screen what is he gonna do Oh, he spit that coffee out. That was funny. Like I just like loved hearing him, and like every moment he was on screen, he had my attention. And I think he's gonna overshadow whatever actor is playing Han Solo. <laughs> I just like how John's known me for like fifteen years, maybe plus, and still like assumes that I've seen movies. Like, <laughs> and would know that actors were in them. You talk about wanting to read that book. I thought you would at least, like, watch the movie. No, I like want to read the book. a two-hour movie is a lot easier than reading that book. I'd rather read the book first and then watch the movie. I pretty much look at your shelves over here, and I look at them and I go, that's just, that's his shame shelf. <laughs> Those are all the board games you don't play. You have some books that you've read, uh-huh. and then... You notice that I have some books still wrapped in plastic? 
Yeah, college. Yeah, I know. Like, I got what and I you have, you I have got all like, the. He's I got, got boxes. He has boxes of Legos that he has not built. So they're just sitting on this shelf, and it's like, I'll get around to them sometime. And then I'm like, oh, you built that stupid skyscraper, but you haven't built Echo One from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> You got Boba Fett sitting in a box over there. He should be sitting on our board where we record. And I should have to be able to look at him every day and go, Oh, baby feet, what are you doing there? Are you hunting somebody? Frozen and carbonite, like the whole scene. Boba Fett does not get frozen carbonite, sir. Well, Han Solo is. (laughs) You know who isn't frozen and carbonite? Young Han Solo. Too young. I didn't know where you were going to go. He's too young. I you were going to try to segue over to something else. <laughs> I got nothing. Like I don't even know what next is in news. I, all I know is I needed to talk shit about computers, and I did it. Uh, Fulfilled your, your duties. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, do we finish up on a little bit of sad news? Um, well, I want to talk about the Wonder Woman stuff. Oh, yeah. No, go for that. And then the sad news. Um, the UN announced in celebration of Wonder Woman's 75th anniversary, um, she is going to be the honorary UN ambassador for the empowerment of girls and women. And I, I think this is awesome. Um, a lot of people, not so much. Uh, How? The, well, the UN imparts like the title of honorary ambassador onto fictional characters. Mm-hmm. Fictional characters. Um, they've done this before for Winnie the Pooh, who was the honorary ambassador of friendship. And Tinkerbell, who is the honorary ambassador of going, um, going green. People are saying Wonder Woman is a poor choice for this due to her oversexualized uh, costume and just the way that she's been portrayed in some of the media over the years. Uh, I I think that's dumb. She's a made-up character that people look to as being, you know, the light of truth and what's right and then people are saying well she shouldn't be for the un because of her american motif on her costume and meanwhile comic book chris is just kind of sitting over in the corner like that's so far removed from where the character is now and where she has been mm-hmm. for probably like the past 10 15 years that she's not really that star spangled like heroine anymore like they've removed her like they've made her like a force for peace in the world you know from paradise right. island not just Standing for America. Um, so I, I, I think it's people just getting nitpicky. And, and Greg Rucka, she's an ambassador. Choose, well, exactly, like they, <laughs> and they should choose like a real person to be the ambassador. It's like, well... Yeah, but the country is, of origin would pick her to then be the ambassador. Like Shirley Temple, right? She became the American uh, honorary ambassador for, you know, uh, Goodwill, uh, Goodwill ambassador. Like, yeah. and, countries and can thing, like, do that. They, if they but. do that with real people, it's a goodwill ambassador. Like, yeah. Uh, Shirley um, Temple, done this multiple times. Julia Child. Um, I think Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. But it's the country of origin, the, the country of that, that person's origin or, you know, home adopted country that would bestow that as an honorary title. Like you just said, Chris, fictional characters, this is the only way they can be recognized and, yeah. by the United Nations. And the thing is, is, okay, you know, Otherwise, Say something about the costume or that, but these are people who are looking at like a 1970s view, you know, like they're people who aren't looking at the full scope, who know what the character has done. They're just looking at a splash image and making a judgment. 
yeah. and calling it out where there's more people like, no, that's a good choice. Okay, if you're going to go shit crazy or have something to say about this, when Chris said Winnie the Pooh, I went, what the f- what? <laughs> he doesn't even wear pants! <laughs> Talk about scantily clad. That dude doesn't wear pants. Uh, and he's getting stuck in holes left and right. Uh, and this is done to draw attention to the, uh, sorry, I had something open in the background. I just started playing an advertisement. It threw me off. This is, um, they're using Wonder Woman to draw attention to this campaign. And yes, I mean, they could easily put a real person in this, but it's not going to garner the same attention. Like, people aren't going to buy posters and t-shirts of Julia Childs was the first person to jump in my brain because she was the last person that Paul mentioned. She's awesome. She she is awesome. She was a spy for the United States for a while. Yeah, she was. Um, I learned that from Cracked. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not going to have the same effect. It's not going to garner that same attention that having Wonder Woman, the very first female superhero, she's celebrating 75 years now. She's part of the public box kind of due to the Linda Carter show. She was probably the best part of Batman v Superman. Like <laughs> this, this is a big, big thing. But and, also, you know, it, again, it they pick a more credits to comic books, and people are just trying to dwell more on the bad. And also, they pick a fictional character for this. So yeah, it makes sense. Hey, it's the seventy fifth year. She is somebody who champions peace. So yeah, you would do this character. Well, what? <laughs> You would choose this character. I think that's what people have a problem with, John. That too many people would do that character. I don't know. If you you click on the wrong link on the internet, you find a lot of things that cartoons should not be doing. Rule 34? I don't know what that means. That's basically what you were talking about. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the backlash. I am excited for when the Postal Service puts out the Wonder Woman stamps that are coming out this year. Like, I'm going to buy them. The only one you made. I bought the Batman stamps and the Harry Potter stamps. I I still have a sheet of both. Um, So, yeah, I'm an old maid. But, you know, I I think it's cool that that, uh, this character is getting that honor. Because, honestly, I couldn't think of of a character that deserves it more. Fictional. For the yeah. rights of women, because that's uh, that's the whole thing. Bugs Bunny. For the rights of women, because he would cross dress. He loved it. He loved. Cr- Maybe rights of transgender then, mm. but not all rights of women. Yeah. So, but so yeah, that's that was the last thing I had. If you wanted to segue over into. The, the sadder news you were talking about, Sean. Yeah. Um, Before we mention the sadder news, AT&T is buying out Time Warner Cable. Oh, my God. I which, forgot about that. Yeah. But the thing is, we don't know the shakeup of that. It's not – I, I want to say it's big news, but it's not as big as when, like, Warner Brothers announced that they were you know, like creating a whole new division of DC Entertainment for our end of things, you know, with the publishing side. Um the buyout is interesting. I think it's going to be more interesting as the structure, if the structure of DC Entertainment is going to change. Yeah, but right I, now I don't see this impacting it too much. But I think you're going to have a lot more AT and T references and appearances <laughs> in the background panels of comic books. 
Okay. Oh, I, I was thinking. A lot of people the, using rotary phones. I was thinking more of the DC Entertain- Cinematic Universe because they are known for just throwing a bunch of product playmates in. <laughs> Nokia cameras, IHOP, Sears, Wayne Tech. <laughs> so what's the sad news? Uh, the sad news is yesterday we received the news that uh, Steve Dillon, uh, comic book artist, has passed away. Um, I didn't actually get to see or have saw any news where it said what he may have passed away of, but after San Diego Comic or uh, New York Comic Con, he chose to stay in New York City, and um, it was kind of let known to the world through I think his brother and a few other people who were close to him that the artist uh, passed away on um, the twenty first, I believe. Yeah, I I haven't seen anything that states the reason why um it was confirmed on twitter from his brother how old is how old is steve um, 70... uh he's 54 oh, 54 oh he my started goodness. he started as uh, 16 years old oh when that's why started, i think he's old, so much older he started yeah. getting published in comic books 16 16 and i mean just i mean just literally this <laughs> year a few months ago we reviewed his punisher with becky clunan uh, and yeah, yes, stylized, he's very much the same, but he has worked on so many titles that we've all enjoyed. Chris, you and I enjoyed Preacher. Uh, so yeah, it's sad when you see somebody 54. so young just, uh, out of nowhere kind of pass away. We don't know if he mm-hmm. was sick or he had some demons that might have caused that, but uh, I've enjoyed many books that he has worked on. And yeah, exactly. I, I might not have been the biggest fan of his style, but when I think of Preacher, he's a big part of the look of that book. And I can't imagine it with anyone else on artwork for it. He's just one of those artists I never followed. Like Preacher is a series I've never read. The Punisher that he did, worked on is uh, one that I didn't really read. Uh, it is sad. Fifty four, and but like, he is a person that as soon as you saw his, as soon as you saw the panel, you go, yeah. "Oh, is this Steve, Steve Dillon?" Dillon. Yep, he he had a defined look. It's just it it doesn't hit me the same way as Darwin Cook. No, I mean, oh, it's it's totally yeah. different. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I hate st- to compare it to. He know. had his own style that he never he never adapted. He never changed. He just was Steve Dillon. Yep, kind of like Neil Adams. In the way, like I equate those two guys together for some reason. Like I'm like, oh, is this Steve Nimlin or Neil Adams? I'm like, oh, is his jaw like dropped four inches lower than it probably should be? That's that's Neil Adams then. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's sad news. Just so mm-hmm. sudden. Yeah. And right. uh, let's get to something happy. Hey. Let's talk about the books we're looking forward to coming on October 26th. Hey. <laughs> Talking about uh, Wonder Woman's 75th You don't get to go. Chris, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> it's more of a uh, well, I think Paul should go because, I mean, it was one of the last things that we talked about. Yeah, it it's, ties right into our news that we just had, talking about Wonder Woman being uh, United Nations women's rights champion. Uh, this is Wonder Woman 75th anniversary special number one. Uh, this is $7.99. Oh, jeez. Uh, and no, thank you. 
I don't, it doesn't say how many pages it is, but listen to this. This is to who they have working on this book. Raphael Albuquerque, which we love from, uh, American Is Vampire. he writing or is he art? I think he's doing both. I think mm. he's doing, uh, we got, uh, Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang. That's why you're buying it. That's why I'm buying it. We got, uh, Carl Kershaw, who I loved during Wednesday Comics, mm. uh, doing his flesh work. Uh, we got, uh, Gail Simone, who, Wonder Woman series, you know, it was just in that weird vein where DC editorial didn't know what they wanted to do. It felt like uh, I I'm feel finishing like this beer, but you way. should. Uh, I feel like she was dealt a rough hand. Uh, Brendan Fletcher, who I enjoy, and then yeah, Adam Hughes, and, uh, Batgirl, yes, and uh, Gotham Academy, and then and also we're getting uh, uh, Renee. Deliz, oh, and, uh, I, who I do not know, but hmm. maybe I will be they, like... They get some works that you'd know. <laughs> sure. John, you're getting punchy after this, these beers. <laughs> yes. Uh, and many, many more to be announced, it says on the DC website. Uh, but I will pick up an anthology book celebrating some a, a long tenured run. So I'm very excited about this. The cover art was done by Jim Lee. Um... And I've, I've really, since the Brian Azarello and Cliff Chang run, and this this new run that is happening um, with Rucka, with Greg Rucka is good, but still not quite. It's not it's not what you love. Yeah. And this gives you a glimpse at least back one more story. Yeah. And so what you love, I understand it. Plus, that is a terrific lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings me to my book, which is another anthology about spooky tales. And uh, I love... Ghost Detective, boy. Ghost Detective. I love horror movies. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, you're going to give me some... No, you're going to give me some spooky, (laughs) scary stories for kids. Uh, This is Spook House by Eric Powell, one of my uh, favorite writer-artists. And this is an anthology of some scary stories uh, coming to you from um, Albatross uh, Press... Um, where the goon started, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's it's just going to be fun. When I was a kid, like in second grade, I could not handle those scary story books. Ugh. I like them. You mean when that was creepy? The, the girl took like, the ribbon off and her head fell off. Her neck fell off her neck. neck. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle that stuff, man. Like I was like, nope. I loved it. During our like the library section of school, like remember in elementary school, like you would have like gym class. We had I don't remember elementary school. We had a library class as well. Like we would go to the library for like thirty minutes, and they'd like play a video or something. Or you would just be told to pick out a book and read quietly for thirty minutes, and then you would keep that book until the next time. And you were supposed to finish the book before you came back the next week, which I never did, um, because I was a horrible student. but during Halloween, like this time of year, they would just sit us down for that thirty minutes, and the, you know, the librarian would read us scary stories, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, like the whole time, I was excused. <laughs> I got excused. <laughs> uh, the next class, they're and, like, you don't need to listen if you can't handle it. And I'm like, I can't. That, and that's like, I, I would go out to here. the librarian the next week and be like, I demand more <laughs> stories about headless wenches. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, psychopath, here, have this book. <laughs> they were like, you can sit over here and read quietly to yourself. 
I was the only one. Like, I can't handle scary stories. I just can't do it. I know. You almost threw up during Dead Alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe, too. Uh, no, I love scary stories. I love Eric Powell. So this, I'm just looking this as looking at this as a fun, spooky, scary stories. Don't werewolf bar mitzvah. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky scary. Chris, save me. I don't want to be. I don't um, want to hang out with spooky scary stories. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I was back. down between two books for this week to talk about, and one is spinning out of the Spider-Man event with Prowler number one, and I haven't actually read Clone Conspiracy yet, so I'm holding off on picking that. Instead, I'm going back to one of my favorite TV series, Gone Before Its Time. And this is Serenity Ooh. with Dark Horse Comics Serenity No Power in the Verse number one. And this is written by Chris Roberson, who you may know from creating the Vertigo comic uh, iZombie. He also did some of the uh, Fable spinoff books with art by Georges Genty, who worked on the Dark Horse Buffy comic. I think he still might be doing it. The guy does great likenesses. But yeah, this is a, uh, a tale in the firefly universe I'm, I'm looking forward to it tensions are high on the crew and a distress call comes through and they need to save an old friend and that, that sets us up i've heard great things about the extended you know comic book universe for uh, firefly i just have never picked up a book i heard uh what was it good days the ones where things were going actually well for them like was really yeah. really good um they haven't done a lot of the serenity comics not like buffy or angel where mm-hmm. they're Ongoings. They kind of do these one every couple of years or so, um, either as one shots or um, like mini series. This one's only going to be six issues long, but yeah, they've they've been pretty solid. Um, uh, the thing that's nice is they don't. Yeah, they're not just cashing in. They do it when somebody has a good idea for those characters in their world, mm-hmm. and I like that. Um, the Wash's Tale or whatever that one was. Yeah, that was really it, good. Yeah. It just suffered from kind of bad artwork. Yes, I would agree. And then uh, the the one about um, Shepherd the Shepherd Book, book one, yeah, Man. I knew exactly where you're going because I loved it. That was great, and that that was even like a hardback. Wasn't that hardback? Yeah, it was a hardcover. Yeah, the uh, Shepherd's Tale. So no, I'm looking forward to this too. I I, I love Firefly, and um, the artist you mentioned, I can't think of the name you just George Genty. He does a great job with likenesses, so you know the characters are going to look like how they should. He has a George Genty, and all I can think of is his Sabres defenseman. Yeah, you know, George. Comic books. Yeah. Not, not sports. Not no. sports. Not sports. But you know what is comic books? A dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading of Saga number 32, page 20. Panel 2. Hey, you guys, they're coming. Gus, what the hell are you doing on our grounds? And that was a dramatic reading of Saga number 32, page 20, panel 2. This, this, this panel, it's just... It's a saga. It's saga. saga. Fucking love That's Gus. That's why. <laughs> My wife wants to get a Gus tattoo. Uh, and with that, let's talk about our next beer. Uh, we are drinking a beer from the Lips of Faith series from New Belgium Brewery. 
This is 2016 La Terrior. This is a wood-aged dry hop sour ale coming in at 7.5%. And my goodness, it is delicious. It's so good, right? Oh my like, gosh, this is really good. It's got a nice light sour. It's not overbearing. It doesn't like completely take over your palate. And you get that dry hoppy... Mm-hmm. I don't really get the uh, wood-aged, but I get that dry hoppy flavor mm-hmm. to it. Chris, if you can find this... Buy it because it is really good. It is. Uh, what's it called again? It is uh, Le Terrior. Le Terrior. Okay. And it's, yeah, I'm gonna try to get to the beer store. It's gonna. It's gonna be your Tuesday just to get stuff. It's your bomber I, bottle from New Belgium. Fresh. It's a fresh sour. It just tastes. You know, sometimes he can get a sour and it tastes kind of um, skunky almost. Well, I believe this. It, this was just released. Well, I'm saying the flavor itself. It you know, unlike a dank flavor this is a light bright sour flavor it's it's just man it's like a sunrise a sour l'interior is a french term meaning of the earth used to reference the environmental conditions that affect the brew we like to think about the terrior of our (laughs) are you okay john you dying yes He's speaking in a, in a foreign language. These wooden barrels age our sour beer in of varying temperatures, humidity, and vibrations. The terroir of New Belgium, so to speak, add in another variable by dry hopping with peachy mango-like Amarillo hops. And we create a beer that changes every time we brew it. Uh, it's really good. It is really good. And now that like you say that like peachy mango, it's what's on my tongue right now. It's my favorite sour. This, uh, I would say this is definitely up there, top five maybe, sours. Um, I don't like that many sours, so this is my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, this is really good. I would buy another bottle in a heartbeat. I... I wouldn't age it. Some sours, like you think, like I, I have some sours aging because I've had really good aged sours um, in the past. This is something I, I don't want to age. I don't want to drink this fresh every time. This, I don't want it to lose anything. It might gain something in the long run, but I'm fine with it the way it is. You know what I'm fine with the way it is? Our main topic? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. So difficult to segue. Sometimes they work out so well. Other times they are just forced. <laughs> uh, Halloween is quickly upon us, gentlemen. And uh, Paul, been, what are you going for Halloween as? I, I kind of want to be, uh, you know, Hermes or... Uh, or uh, Mercury, depending on your... your. Uh, when you said Hermes, I imagined the guy from Futurama. <laughs> oh, no. No? Sorry. That's, okay. I, I don't know where that's my brain went. I'm not like a big Futurama fan. Right if now. I had a better uh, Jamaican accent, maybe I could pull it off. Mm. Um, but no, uh, or Mercury, you know, depending on your, uh, par- uh, what is it, uh, Pantheon. But I don't have a white sheet to make into a toga, and I would need to make the helmet. And as I discussed at the beginning of the episode, I am not crafty. You made that helmet before, though. I did. 
You did. did. I made a Piff Hamlet, and I, I'm like, oh, I could reuse it, and I don't know where it is. I think I threw it out. Yeah, but you can get that like at a dollar store. You can buy it cheap. Mm-hmm. And you can just buy like a drop cloth at a hardware store and wear it as a toga. Mm-hmm. Well, I got only seven days to get it done. <laughs> yeah, the- eight days. You could do do it uh, in maybe, like an hour. Maybe I will. Maybe I still will then. But uh, just thinking about it, uh, what really led me to this is uh, you guys know I love a certain movie, a certain animated film, and uh, The Iron Giant. Okay, I didn't know what you <laughs> oh, were talking about. Iron Giant. Let me introduce introduce the topic again. Uh, and this is where we're going to come together and talk about uh, cosplaying. Uh, costume playing, uh, you know, Halloween is going to be upon us eight days from now or when we're recording it. And I just wanted to talk about, um, what to get, what do you guys want to dress up as for Halloween and, uh, whether or not there's characters out there either in comic books or greater fiction, greater nerd fiction that, uh, really inspire your look or if you could pull off their look like all the time if, if you would do it. And you were talking about Iron Giant, Paul? Yeah, because uh, if I could do a really good cosplay, I think the Iron Giant would be it. Because, I, you know, it just has a very simple look to it, to the Iron Giant. But, like, like you know, when I was doing the intro, I said, I'm there with all this cardboard and my X-Acto knife, and I'm ready to start digging into that project. And I'm like, I just can't make this work. Like, I just can't get the angles... Because it's not just the look of it on the outside, it's actually making it into a costume, that interior work that throws me off. Like, Because you actually have to build an internal structure to actually fit it right on top of your shoulders. Otherwise, it's just like Adam West Batman, where the Batman symbol's on your gut. Your tubby. <laughs> and, uh, not you personally, just yeah, saying. Yeah, Adam West. Yeah. Adam West. Where, yeah, great. It's It's... I guess it's a costume, but it doesn't quite work. And it definitely turned out quick as I'm trying to do it. Like, there's too much of me showing through the bits of cardboard. that, uh, And it just looks like cardboard. I couldn't get it to... Even if I spray-painted, you know, invested it and spray-painted it silver, it just wouldn't work out. Uh, but what, what did you guys want to... Uh, Dress up as? Uh, who would you like to dress up as? Who, who inspi- whose look would you, would you be like, man, I wish I could pull that off? I will say, I have a, uh, a red plaid shirt that when I wear it, I call it my Logan shirt, because I feel like <laughs> you Logan of patch once. I wore his patch once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of my absolute favorite characters... Because I'm like when you say cosplay, I don't think of just something like, oh, I can put easily put together an outfit. <laughs> Cosplay, I yeah. feel like you got to make something to yeah. really work. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, like I wish I could pull this off. I wish I could have gotten it all to work out. No. I just don't have the skill. I don't have the time. I just like I, I really wish I could put together a really awesome Iron Giant costume because I think it would look kick ass. And it doesn't seem you like it should be that time. hard. This is my time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I need you to keep me honest. Hmm? Thank you. Uh, so. With me thinking this, it's something you have to make. And with thinking about my favorite characters, people who I'd want to dress up as, 
and have to physically make something and want to make, I wouldn't do it unless I could make it awesome, would be the Flaming Carrot. One of my favorite characters. I know you guys don't get it. Nope. Uh, I love that character. I love the story. And if I were to do that, I've seen people who have made their own costumes and it's like really bad paper mache. Like, that's it. Like a giant carrot head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, was it like a, uh, like a Renaissance fair kind of white shirt? No, it's just like a, it's a white Oxford. Oh, it's a button up. I thought <laughs> yeah, it had no, the, uh, a, I had thought it had the lines. No, no, no. It's, no, no it's cause it's pulled tight against his oh. brawny chest. Uh, with like maroon red pants and then flippers as for, <laughs> for shoes. That's his outfit. Like scuba? Pa- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, flippers. I didn't realize he wore scuba. Yeah, wears green flippers. But it would be the, it would be the carrot, because I'd want some type of re- like light-up flame coming out of the top, mm-hmm. because it's a carrot on fire that is his head. Uh, and yeah, that would be the thing that I would I would want to make. And I don't know where I would start or how I would make something that would be really mm-hmm. cool. Like, what would like the texture, how would I want the texture to feel, like all that stuff. But yeah, that's something I would... I would love. And for overall, like, to live in their wear, I could get used to wearing flippers around town. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a white Oxford and uh, some dress slacks. Chris, how about you? Like, if you could put together any costume, like, money's no object, skills, you, you have the skills to do it, what costume would you want to do? Your, uh, what's his name from um, Mythbusters? Adam Savage. Because that guy yes. loves... Well, yeah, if you were Adam Savage, <laughs> or had him, or if you could commission him, because he just did a tutor, a tutorial, tutorial, my neighbor is, uh, that, that movie. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you look through, mm-hmm. he's made awesome stuff, and just on that, um, tested, tested website, mm-hmm. like when he made the, um, they showed how, how he made not only the gun from Blade Runner, but like a case to carry the gun in. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. been Hellboy before. He's made. The I, I'm looking up these costumes right now because I've never seen any of these. Oh, but really? It's, it's it's strange you mentioned that because I would actually want to make an Adam Savage costume. <laughs> <laughs> Go as him, you know. Like I, I've kind of got the light reddish hair. I mean, I, I have horn rim glasses I could wear. So I mean, it's it's basically a done deal. Just cri- be like black t-shirt, black t-shirt, black jeans, <laughs> actually, like fedora. Adam Savage would just mm-hmm. take the easiest like. Dumb costume ever. And I believe producer be Scott fun, actually so like, was uh, Adam Savage twenty years. You have to just be really excited about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Um, no, but honestly, like this is something I wanted to do for a while, and it should be easy. But one of my favorite dumb X Men is Jubilee, mm-hmm. and I just want to do like a dude Jubilee costume. Yeah, like, it's not hard. I just need like a yellow rain jacket, and those are hard to find. Didn't you buy something just recently to be like, is it like a T-shirt or something that you're like, uh, this is my male jubilee thing? Oh yeah, I found like a pink T-shirt at it was like Michaels or AC Moore, like in their their one crafting section where you can buy like stencils and patterns to make. Um, Michaels like and, uh, and stuff. Joanne Fabrics sets all crafting section. Oh, I was gonna say, like that's what I was like. It was one of their crafts. Oh my god, I'm looking at Am Sandwich's uh, Admiral Ackbar Carson. Holy crap! Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I love Jubilee, and I forget there is a 
quote-unquote internet rule, like you were talking about before, Paul? Rule 34. Okay. Like, rule 34. If it exists, the there's a yeah, there's a porn version of it, yeah. No, I was talking about the one where it's like oh. like the cross-play thing, like you were talking about before. Oh, uh, yeah, before, because I was talking about... Man, if I really like Starman, I really like... Um, but I don't like the Starman like costume is his like superhero outfit like I'm like it's kind of lazy uh where I like Stargirl so much better so I would crossplay as as Stargirl as a guy like because I think it's a better costume you know superhero costume and it also gives me the awesome cool cosmic and staff you, and you get spandex mm-hmm. or or I would just wear I would kind of do a cross I would do blue jeans with like the Star Bank, the Spangled Banner shirt, and then the the uh, staff. The staff, and then uh, some welding goggles. I think. Um, if I were, but if I if I had to walk around as someone, like mm-hmm. honestly, like they don't look good in real life when someone wears like the long trench coats. But Gambit's always just been like the ultimate cool dude to me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was able to pull that look off, you know, like, long coat, like, purple teal shirt. With six-pack like, abs. Weird, like, weird headdress thing, like, yeah. Super long hair. It, and, sorry, when I was looking at pictures of Adam Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage came up, and I was <laughs> like, man, just wear bright cowboy hats every day. Would that be cool? No. No, it would not. Yeah, the, the Gambit, like, um, headdress thing seems like it would be so easy to make. You're like, I just need to find like a sleeve of an extra extra large shirt and just cut it out. <laughs> but that doesn't work. Because I've Have tried. You tried or... Yes. As really? a kid. It's gotta as be a... like spandexy. It's gotta be tight. As a little kid, like I loved Havoc. We all know this because he's the little brother of Scott, of Scott Summers and I was the little brother, so and I would try to like make that Havoc headdress. Just like Gambit's. And I just found like an extra large like pant sleeve or it might have been a like a a leg from a from an old pants and that would fit over my head and I try to cut it out. It just it just droops. It just becomes a scarf on you. It doesn't stay up. Maybe uh, you just need to get like a smaller pant leg. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> then it know, doesn't fit to... over your head. So um you actually have to you know, come up with a pattern and design and like actually sew. Like you got to be able to sew. You got to be able to sew, and it's almost Sewing's like you important. have to sew yourself into it in order to make it fit on. It's got to be face tight. Correctly. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be like a like, like in a way, it's got to be like a size smaller than what your face is. Yeah, to make it work, and it just then you wouldn't be able to move your mouth. Like it'd be so tight, it just you wouldn't be. It does. It's not practical. No, it would look better if it was made out of some type of like latex or something, or like a rubber. Like those, like those bodysuits, those morph morph suits that you can buy now. Yeah, yeah, that'd like, be good. You you buy one of those and you just kind of cut out the pattern that you'd want. Man, those morph suits, they, I think, are the only way to really. I think do those are like suits. pretty cheap now too. Mm-hmm. Or you could just you know buy a Gambit costume for one hundred sixty six dollars off of eBay. Yeah. I'm thinking those morph suits probably are your best bet if you want to really superhero cosplay and just modify them. But uh, I just sent a really cool picture of the cosplay gambit to you guys. Yeah. Oh, I see this now. Okay. Um, 
No, it's cosplaying. It's like it's impressive. Like some of the costumes that people can put together, and like you said, if I had any kind of talent at all, mm-hmm. I would love to do that because I've seen some of the uh, World of Warcraft costumes or even just other Blizzard game costumes mm-hmm. that people put together. Every year at BlizzCon, they have a costume contest where they have it's like an hour long event where they have everyone that came in costume that wants to enter. Can and some of those costumes are just insanely good and detailed. Um, mm-hmm. Like the armor that people make, the weapons—it's mind-boggling. Like I don't understand the amount of time. Um, oh, that's that's a cool gamut costume. Uh, <laughs> also, they understand the underpinnings of it because some of those, like the person, is tiny inside of that whole outfit. Like where it's, you know, there's some sort of structure that they're actually grabbing onto to actually. Like make the arms move because the arms are much bigger than an actual human's proportion, and they're yeah. and when they're stepping, there's some sort of like platform there. Actually, it's almost like stilts. Yeah, I like. And that's anytime the there's that I a comic convention or something like that, like when somebody puts up like 50 pictures of all the people in cosplay they take, I always look through all of them, mm-hmm. and like there's some that you're like, that person is just a more extroverted me because. They didn't do a very good costume, but by God, they went as that character they, they wanted. Went for it, yeah. Uh, and then you get those some, and you're like, man, that is amazing what they did. And there's all those videos of people making, like you said, Paul, like those big oversized suits, and that guy mm-hmm. got that guy made the Hulk busting yeah. armor, and it's yeah. as big as you would assume it would be. And you know, he's moving around slowly, but he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's so cool. And those people, I mean, they put a year, if not more, into making that costume. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the, the stuff that they do and how they can actually take some artists just, hey, if I draw it, it's there. Yeah. Like, kind of a thing. And actually making it 3D, making it real. Yeah, making it fit on your head without just becoming a scarf or choking you completely. Making it just loose so it flip flops mm-hmm. around. Yeah, uh, and the people that like put the LED lights and stuff, I just sent you guys a picture of a male and female um, Death Knight from WoW. Like the costumes light up, but but it doesn't look cheap. It looks like just parts of it are glowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't. It's amazing. I don't get it. Yeah, that craftsmanship. It's it's. There are builders clubs, like uh, there's an R2-D2 builders club that I was looking at because I'm like, no, I kind of want to build an R2-D2, but the, uh, some of these clubs, like, you actually have to be like, no, I will make this part and ship it off to whoever else is out there that's building their own R2-D2. Like, you actually have to, like, apply to become part of it, like, and show <laughs> that you crazy. can actually do stuff like that, so I'm assuming these... Like the ones that you just sent, these light up like kind of costumes. There's people out there that are willing to trade their knowledge of how to do it. Um, I've actually watched how-to videos on YouTube just to see like the process. Um, I can't remember who it was, but like some cosplayer made like a mage staff that lights up, mm-hmm. and like she took you through like the step by step. Like, hey, here's the plastic that I use for it. Here's how I like make the pattern for it. And then, like, trim everything out so I can fold it and, like, wrap it around, like, the LEDs. It's it's craziness. It just... Yeah. I know I keep saying that, but it people are so skilled. Like, I can never understand how you can get to be this good at it and 
Like, how do you even start off? Because whenever I think about making a Halloween costume, I'm like, eh, I have my Ravenclaw robes that I bought, like, four yeah. years ago. I can just wear those again, you know? Exactly, and that's how I kind of get this time of year, too, where I start off like, yeah, I can, I totally could do, like, I'm look, downloading all these photos of the Iron Giant, and I'm like, yeah, it's just simple, I just need to make, you know, straight line here, and then when I'm putting it all together, it just doesn't work. It just looks like a bunch of boxes stacked on top of, stacked on top of each other, and I'm like, oh, that was uh, two hours <laughs> wasted. Well, the other thing is, too, is these people can see the end game of their vision. Mm -hmm. And they have a plan, and they haven't just, this is the first time they've made a costume. This is, you know, the ninth time, the tenth time, the twelfth time. Like, they've figured it out. They've watched those videos. They've learned how to use those different Mm -hmm. things that you make items out of. I don't know. Like, they've done it better. And, And, Paul, you've done this. You've... Like, looked up how to make a lightsaber, and then you made Luke's, yeah. you know, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Well, you, a version of a lightsaber. I didn't make Luke's because that cost a lot of money to yeah, get but, that flash thing. Yeah, but I did a kitchen sink lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. and I've uh, made a Harry Potter wand, and that was, and I fucked with that Harry Potter wand for what for a long time because I really wanted to make it out of all wood, except I just didn't have skill, so I just uh, went with a PVC pipe. And, the, yeah, and then just, like, sanded it down and then stained it to make it look like wood. Just because I couldn't get that... I couldn't burrow a hole through an actual... You know, I wanted to make it out of red oak because on Pottermore, I had a red oak wand, or an oak wand, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to make. I want to make that wand. But, nope. Sometimes you got you got to just cheat and make it look right and just hope nobody, you know, gets too close. That <laughs> super scroll's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, my, my hat's off to anyone that even attempts to do some of this stuff, though, because it's the amount of skill and time it takes. I just don't have the patience for it at all. That's why I do enjoy making the prop kind of stuff, because what you see is kind of what you get for the prop kind of stuff, versus the costuming. That um, The underpinnings of all that stuff, it just boggles my mind to make it to make that stuff work on a human body. Yeah, I just sent you it, guys a it, it just link. Um, my mind. It's to a cosplayer's Tumblr. Uh, her name is like Kamui, K-A-M-U-I, where she actually goes through and does like, process pictures, and she's done videos about how she lights her stuff. That's um, cool. And like in the one recent thing, she actually just used a Nerf gun for and then like airbrushed it. Yeah, a lot of and people looks, do that with... It's uh, so amazing. With the uh, Hellboy cosplay, a lot of times it's a, just it's the Maverick, it's the uh, Nerf, the uh, Maverick blaster from Nerf that they repaint and they put some uh, modifications on it to make it look like the the Hellboy gun. Um, uh, like this creator actually has a book that she put out too. Um, it's the Book of Cosplay Lights, like how to wire everything and use LEDs. Mm-hmm. So LED strips are so are so cheap now, and they're not hard to power. And you can, and since they're they don't take much electricity, you can hide those battery packs really well, uh, because they're not that big. But it's just, it's just finding that that vision, that overall like how you want it to look, and being able to, you having that craftsmanship to bring it to life. I, I'm so impressed by. Uh, yeah, and I just sent like this. 
this topic has become like Chris and I just sending stuff to each other on <laughs> on Messenger because I just sent you the would think apps. that uh, this would have happened like during the week leading up to it, not actually during the episode. Yeah. But hey, you know, we've whatever. Still, we've we've been yeah. talking the whole time yeah. while doing it. But I sent the absolute like worst. <laughs> Iron Man outfit ever. Like most of it <laughs> that's, is, that's is how mine masking tape just <laughs> wrapped around this guy. That's um, how my my Iron Giant kind of looked. So Paul, I I'm sending that. this next picture for you, but it's actually like a pair of druid pauldrons. Ooh, oh my gosh, those there. are awesome! <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like just just stop, just stop being a human being because you're way too good at this. <laughs> well, you know, with like we were talking about Adam Savage before, and uh. He did special effects for movies. Like, that was his job, was to create, you know, his studio that he works at. That's the whole point. Like, that's that's what he was doing. He was paid to do this. Like, he has resources. Versus some of these cosplayers, man, I, I just tip my... If I was wearing a hat, I would tip my hat. Because it's amazing that they are uh, able they gave, to do... They gave you my hat. Tip of the hat uh, to them. Because... They don't have, it's not like they have a studio and they, they can just go to, oh, I need this kind of piece and go to a drawer and find and have it. They are like, they need to like just walk the aisles of hardware stores and be like, well, I can make that work. You know, and sometimes you see some costumes and you're like, oh, I can piece that all together. You know, I understand where they found all that those pieces and other times it's like just the craftsmanship. It's just so crazy. And now with 3D printing, I'm like, it's gonna get. It's just gonna get so crazy. People are gonna be able to make whatever they want. Oh man! Did you see this 3D printing that they're doing to help people with? It's better than casts. It almost makes like a like a weird bone structure that goes around somebody's arm to keep it. It's crazy yeah. to keep it exactly in place instead yeah. of just like uh, we just don't move it. So we're gonna just keep it there. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. It's. 3D printing science. is where, like, science, like, that's where health health and everything is going to be going. <laughs> Crazy. And if you want to cosplay, uh, tell us who you would want to cosplay as also by emailing us, emailing us at contact at bagandboardcast.com. If you like us, uh, like us and re- rate and review us over at the iTunes, uh, I'm going to keep on sipping on this beer. Yeah. I'm going to make myself another cup of coffee and look at all the awesome costumes that I will never, ever be able to make. Uh, Look up the cable ones, because some of them are really cool. Yeah. Get working on that uh, crossplay Jubilee, and I'll get working on that crossplay Starkirl. (laughs) Maybe we'll go to a convention together. It's been a while since we've gone to a convention. It's been so long. 